Evolutionary Network podcast coming away. This is number 326, Albuterol. Steve Smee here and Rick in the house. Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? All right, guys. Again, we're doing 326. And last episode was 324. We did Clenbuterol. This time we're going to do its cousin, its weaker cousin, Albuterol. And Rick and I were talking about this pre-show. Um, it's very interesting. Um, it's very similar to clenbuterol, but it, there are some really, really cool things about albuterol that se- separates it from clenbuterol. So we're going to talk about that. So what is albuterol? Albuterol sulfate is a short-acting B2 adrenergic receptor agonist, and it's been used for in medical as a relief of branco bronchospasm in people with asthma, COPD, which is chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. A lot of old people, you might have a grandma, grandpa who has that. People who've been smoking for years, people who work around, you know, uh, dirty conditions like coal or, um, you know, factories and stuff like that. They'll develop this. It's on the WHO World Health Organization's list of essential medicines. That's really cool. This means that it's considered to be one of the most important medicines that are needed in basic, in the basic health system. So if you go, you know, to a third world country, you know, in really poor country and you end up going to a clinic, there's a good chance that they will have albuterol on the shelf over there because it's, it's on that list. Something that needs to be there. That'll be help people breathe. So we use it in bodybuilding for another use. Uh, we use it as an off-label use to help us burn fat and to increase performance. So, you know, that's kind of the background on it. We're going to talk about how you, it may be an option for you. If you insist on using Clen, maybe Clenbuterol might be better. We'll kind of debate that on this podcast. But first, I'm going to bring in Rick. Rick's going to go over the brief history of albuterol and tell us a little bit about what he knows about a history. He's really, really good with that. So enlighten us, Rick, on what you know. Salbuterol was discovered around the 1960s. It was discovered in 1966, and it was uh, launched uh, as a drug. It's called Bentolin in 1969. 1972 Munich Olympics were the first time where anti-doping measures were really put in action. And so drugs like albuterol, clenbuterol and such were were not allowed in the games at that point. There was a short span of time in the late 80s and early 90s where some athletes were allowed to use albuterol, but then it was quickly abused. Uh, A lot of people were just using it. A lot of them had uh, scripts and such from from doctors in their countries, but maybe they didn't quite need it. So again, uh, it was banned from Olympic use. Albuterol has been available as a medication uh, in the U.S. for human consumption, something that clenbuterol was uh, not approved. And one of the reasons might be because albuterol is in and out of your system a lot quicker than clenbuterol, while clenbuterol will, will linger in your system for a lot longer. And obviously, when it comes to the FDA approving a drug, much better chance if there are two drugs competing for the same use much better chance of the drug that's in and out of your system and, and shows less side effects to be approved than the other one to not. So that's kind of just a history on, uh, on albuterol there, uh, kind of short history. 
So some of the other medical uses besides what I talked about, um, allergies, exercise-induced breathing difficulty. So um, if you remember back in elementary school during PE, you know, some kids would run around and they would be, you know, huffing and puffing. Well, the FDA actually approved it originally, Rick, in 1982 in the United States. Um, so obviously it got updated with the approval. But if you can remember back in those days, you know, it was possible that some of those kids, you know, you grew up with who had those little inhalers, you know, uh, they were taking albuterol. And that would be much better, actually, much safer than taking a corticosteroid that you would inhale. My kid, my son, my oldest one uh, had, a, I mean, he, he, took, he had a lot of albuterol put through his nebulizer. He had a lot of um, respiratory issues between ages about two, three, until about six. Got a lot of uh, respiratory issues and was, we had an nebulizer at home and prescription for albuterol. And, you know, just uh, every other month or so, he'd get really bad. So we I always had a steady supply of albuterol at the house. It just like I said with Clan, just never that that appealing. Never really liked it much. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I used it, tried it out, uh, but it's just never uh, never a thing for me, I guess. Yeah, so you can imagine in weight training and cardio and stuff how it could have some benefits if you can breathe easier. How it can kind of help you with that? So, I mean, delaying premature labor, cystic fibrosis potassium and blood, those are other uh, medical uses. But let's, let's talk about, you know, how it works. Um, so, like I said, the good news is it's not a corticosteroid. I'm, I'm completely against ever putting a corticosteroid in your body unless it's absolutely necessary. Too many people abuse that. So, you know, as athletes, as weightlifters, you should never, ever use a corticosteroid unless it's really necessary. So albuterol is a much better option. And, and the reason that it works so well is it stimulates the better beta receptors, which causes the vasodilation, the increased blood flow, the pumps. It reduces store fat by stimulating the breakdown of fatty acids in the bloodstream for use as fuel. So that's how the fat loss benefits come with albuterol. So, but the problem with albuterol though, when we use it for bodybuilding purposes, for bodybuilding at bodybuilding dosages, Rick, is that that boost in blood flow ends up straining the heart. So you can expect, you know, is it going to help you breathe better when you're doing cardio? Yes. But on the flip side, it's going to hurt your cardio because it's going to cause your heart rate to speed up faster. It'd be like revving up your engine in your car and just revving up the RPMs. You burn out the engine when you do that. Or it'd be like drinking coffee before a workout. You're revving up the engine. That's not something you want to do before a workout. You don't want to go work out with your heart rate already sped up. You want to be able to rev your engine up with acceleration, not rev your engine up already before you even walk into the gym. So that kind of, that kind of offsets any of the bodybuilding benefits. But at the end of the day, why do guys use it? It increases body temperature, it increases basal metabolic rate, and it decreases your appetite. So again, consider it a stimulant. It's going to help you reduce your appetite, help you burn a little bit of fat. And that's, that's why bodybuilders will use it. And most of you guys listening to this out there, you don't really need albuterol or clenbuterol. You just need to have 
you just need to have better habits when it comes to your eating, more consistency. And you'll be fine. You'll make it there. And I'm not talking to you if you have a, a show coming up or you have to be, you have to look a certain way about a certain date. No, if you're just regular dad bot trying to shed some of that weight, stay the fuck away from it. It will do things to your body that, that, could, be, that could have long-term effects. And the fat loss is short-lived. The fat loss on it is short-lived. As a matter of fact, I think that if you use clenbuterol, albuterol as a crutch to lose fat, you have, a, you have a higher chance of gaining all of that weight back and more because you're just using the, these stimulants to, to sort of mask some really core lifestyle habits. You know, when it comes to steroids, there is, you, there's, certain, there's a certain amount of musculature that you're not going to be able to put on or hold on to unless you're adding androgens to your body. You know, you could work out as much as you want for as long as you want. Take all the natural stuff. You will have a genetic point that you can't get past. Then steroids bring you way further along the way, obviously. When it comes to clenbuterol, you can lose that body fat natural without taking anything. No stimulants, no steroids. You, you can do that. So I'm, I'm not, so I'm not a, so I'm not as much for guys using stimulants and things that affect their central nervous system, their heart for just some short term fat loss that can be achieved without anything. When it comes to, when it comes to steroids, I mean, I get it. I understand it. You're, you're just not going to put on that extra muscle. You've been training five, eight years, natural supplements, everything. You're just not going to gain that extra muscle unless you juice. So I don't, um, so as we go on with the podcast today, it's just unjustifiable to be doing albuterol. And again, if you, if you have a show coming up and you got a coach, you guys have different ideas. I mean, that's fine. But just regular folks out there listening, guy trying to lose some body fat, trying to, trying to get back to your uh, college shape, just good diet, good healthy living will get you there eventually. You don't, you don't really need to slam on albuterol or, or clambuterol. Steve and I both have tried it, and we don't recommend it, do we? So I ran albuterol before. Um, running it on low dose, it did have low, much less side effects than clen. But once I ramped up the dose, I was starting to get the same side effects that I got from the clen. Uh, the heartburn, the gut issues, the heat, the heat you know, uh, feeling hot all the time. That's really annoying, especially when you live in a hot climate. And how are you supposed to do cardio? And how are you supposed to weight train when you feel hot? And I see people do that. They stim themselves up. They go work out at the gym. And they're sweating. And I'm sure they feel good afterwards. I mean, they sweat a lot. But are you really having an efficient workout when it comes to weight training by sweating your balls off during your workout? By overheating your body? No, no. It's, it's actually not, it's not strengthening your heart. It's actually weakening your heart in this particular situation. It's not like doing like hot yoga where you go do hot yoga in a hot room and you sweat like crazy and your heart rate goes up. You actually strengthen your heart doing it that way. So it's not, it's not going to be a good idea, guys. Um, but some guys really do like albuterol. You don't see it used too much. Not a lot of sources actually carry albuterol anymore. 
they carry clenbuterol. So, but let's say you do want to use it. Um, one of the one of the things to keep in mind if you are a tested athlete that um, you can use it. it. It is even though it's on the WADA prohibited list, you would have to get a therapeutic use exemption to be able to use it. So you'd have to use it at a very low dose for therapeutic reasons. They will allow that. Um, another thing, the detection time um, is very short compared to Combuterol. The half life is only six hours. So um, if you use albuterol, some guys like to split it. So, um, you know, the dosages, basically the way that as athletes, we will use it for bodybuilding, um, you know, four milligrams, three times a day. So 12 milligrams total, that's a moderate doses for fat loss. And then women would take, you know, about a third of that. So, and you want to make sure you're drinking a lot of water while you're on it. You want to make sure you're also taking taurine, just like clenbuterol. You need your electrolytes. Otherwise, it's going to give you some really, really bad cramps, um, when, especially if you're working out when you use it. Or you might be sitting at your desk and then get up and like, oh, my gosh, my back just got tight. Well, you really need to use taurine when you're on it as well. So that's going to really help. Um, so um, I think I ran it for two weeks on, two weeks off. And then, you know, that's really what people – like to run it. It's the same as clenbuterol, but Rick, what do you think about the, how to run it when it comes to a cycle? When it comes to clenbuterol or albuterol, the way that I've always understood it. And when I've, I've tried it and when I helped other people with it is you really only use it for about a couple of weeks back in the day, about well over 15 years ago, what we used to do is you'd run clen or albuterol a couple of weeks. You get off of it. Then you get on either an ephedra or your Hemby and caffeine ephedra stack. And you run that for a couple of weeks, then jump back on your clan or albuterol for a couple of weeks. It really does seem that the good fat burning effects of these drugs are really concentrated to the first couple of weeks. And once you, once you, once you kind of maxed out, and they start to just kind of give you diminishing returns. You, you hop off of those, get on a different fat loss drug that'll help curb appetite, give you energy, even on a caloric deficit. And it'll, it'll work on a different pathway than, than clenbuterol directly. And then once you've, once you've been on that one for a couple of weeks, jump off of it and clean. And you just kind of rinse and repeat. Or if you don't have a ton of weight to lose and it fits your lifestyle, you can just do two weeks on, two weeks off of everything. Two weeks on, two weeks off. I found, and, and I think on the last podcast, uh, your opinion was that someone would need to do clenbuterol for, for several weeks to get good results. I've heard this before. From what I've seen personally, and maybe the way that I like to cycle, those first two weeks are really bam, bam. You know, you really, you, you can see a difference in the mirror almost on a daily basis, providing your diet and your training is on point. But after the first two weeks, it just doesn't, 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 it just, it seems like you just don't, it doesn't work as well. And I'm not the only one that says there's other guys have to. So I've seen the kind of two schools of thought on it. I personally like two weeks on, two weeks off, or two weeks on and then switch on to something. When I did used to do stimulants, you know, when I was a young man and 
maybe understood health less and understood the side effects less. And, and when you're a young man, you think you're always going to have this health is never going to escape you. But now it's I'm about to turn 40 here. Uh, now I think about it. I'm like, fuck, damn, I ran a lot of stimulants through my body in my twenties. And, you know, even in late teens, a little bit too, you know, man, it's, you know, it's probably not, I should not have done that. I was just a boy, <laughs> you know? So, um, so yeah, I mean, something to think about everybody out there just, uh, and again, clambutyl, albuterol, really long-term kept me away from it. It can enlarge in your heart, it can make your heart larger. Steroids can already kind of do that, but oh man, it's just clambutyl, albuterol, they're just scarier to, to, to me in that regard. Well, you bring up a good point, Rick. The heart can only beat so many times. So if you're stimming yourself up with tons of coffee, tons of stimulants, tons of combuterol, tons of albuterol, all this for years and years, your heart rate's going to stay elevated 24-7 or at least for most of the day while, the, while it's peaking in your system. So your heart's going to beat faster. Now, when we work out, our heart does beat faster when we work out. You know, I, and, think, I think, you know, healthy living, uh, nutrition – Good mental health because anxiety will fucking wreck your heart. Oh, oh, the good, you know, all these good things keep your heart muscles very elastic, keeps them pumping, keeps them clear. When you start to, you know, get into heavy stimulants, into some, you know, some stimulant narcotics, into, into being, you know, a fucking maniac and just being enraged and mad letting the steroids build you up into anger or just getting too anxious and, and having those weird inside of the, outside of the chest cavity anxiety that all that just kind of takes away elasticity from your heart muscles, from, from your bowels, from everything. And that's when you really limit that. You really limit the amount of heart, the heartbeats you have in you is when your heart starts to lose that elasticity. But as long as you, you keep that, that, that heart nice and, and, and pump and very, very elastic. You just healthy living, good mental state, stay the fuck away from, from most of these stimulants. I indulge in coffee. It's a trade-off I have to make, but for the most part, just that, that, that elasticity, losing the elasticity in your heart is long-term is, is something that's going to bring you a lot of, uh, a lot of heartache. <laughs> so, yeah, so you want to build a, a strong heart, guys. You want to have your resting heart rate low. I mean, as athletes, it should be under 65, under 70. I mean, if it's over 80, some, you know, you don't have a good heart. So check into that. Yes, when we exercise, your heart rate goes up, but that's a brief thing. You strengthen your heart, and after your exercise, it comes back down to earth. So, um, you know, let's go over the side effects with albuterol before we finish this up. Tremors, anxiety, muscle cramps, headache. Heart palpitation, flushing, sleep problems, behavioral problems, allergic reactions, and crimping pumps or spasms. Those are the, those are the those are the main side effects of albuterol. So those are what you want to look for when in terms of the bodybuilding side effects when we use it for um, bodybuilding purposes at the dosages we use it for. So those really those are common side effects. I mean those are things that you will probably end up getting half of that stuff. So again, guys, albuterol, it's, the, it's kind of the, the baby cousin of clambuterol. Um, it's got less side effects, but in my experience, the more I ramped up the dosage, 
the more it seemed like I was running clambuterol, even though it's not as powerful as albuterol for sure. Um, so yeah, so I, I really recommend if you do use it, use Entugard for, on it. Entugard has taurine. Entugard has a lot of um, vitamins and minerals that will help you. Finish up the show, Rick. What would you want to Albuterol is more like Clembuterol's uh, less ugly little sister. <laughs> it's just, it's a little bit less ugly, but still don't want to wake up next to it. It's just not, it's not all that great. And again, specifically, you need to be a certain body fat percentage by a certain date. I can, I can understand some of those guys, but just to, just to shed a little bit of body fat. Come on, man. What are you doing? Something that could have long lasting effects on your heart just for some short term fat loss. Not worth it. Not worth it. Lifestyle guys, lifestyle, make sure diet is on point. Make sure that you never let yourself get too far out of shape. Cause that's what happens. That's when guys go crazy on taking stimulants and, and clambuterol and albuterol is when you've let yourself get too far out of shape and you need to do something now. You need to get like cut up now. Well, how about you don't let yourself get too far out of shape? How about you spend a little bit of time in front of the mirror every day and once you see things starting to get out of hand, you, you curb and you change course and you get back on, on the right track. And then you're not desperate looking for, for stimulants and things that can hurt you to, to lose body fat very quickly. It took you weeks and months to put that body fat on. Give yourself the time to take it off. So that's just kind of the last message on it, guys. I, you know, we, we provide the information, uh, but we also need to give you guys our, our opinion on it. And it's just not worth it, dude. The, the, the juice is not worth the squeeze on, on albuterol, clenbuterol. Athletes, uh, just I want to address athletes because it was big with Olympic athletes. And I've said this before on the podcast because athletes will test positive for steroids and for this or that. Look, when you're Olympic level athlete to where you've honed your skill and your technique to where your muscles are, are just doing the most efficient way that sport, that exercise needs it to be. And you're just there. If you got a little bit, just not even a lot, just a little bit of albuterol, some, a good stimulant like that, just a tiny bit of extra testosterone, DECA, anything, it could just, it could just bring, give you that edge. Shave those extra hundreds of a second. That could be the difference between that gold medal or being in just somebody in, you know, in the fourth place in the picture. You know, once you're at that level, just a little dab will do you. So, of course, Olympic athletes, you know, all the time in trouble for clenbuterol, albuterol. Yeah, because these guys, just a tiny bit could bring them from, from fourth to first place. That's how, how close uh, some of these sports are when you get up to Olympic, you know, high Olympic level, Olympic competition. So, you know, this is why it sees you. But you and I, we can just we can just die down fast and lose the body fat the right way and not fuck our hearts up in the process if anything maybe gain some heart health with good cardio see you shouldn't be doing fucking cardio on, on stimulants like clan and albuterol i have and i and, and i know a lot of people that have it you just don't do it it's just not a good practice do your cardio if you, a little 
little bit of caffeine, a little warna maybe if you need a little pick-me-up, even a little taurine, something like that. Not a fucking butyrol, right? So that's just my, uh, my closing the show on it. Uh, just we already did Clem, albuterol, and we needed this, we needed the, the, this close-up on, on these two stimulants. Anything else, Steve? Yeah, you bring up a good point. I don't know why people insist on torturing themselves when they, when they do cardio. They want to be like, like, oh, I'm going to burn fat when I do cardio. You know, you don't burn fat when you do cardio, guys. You can gain fat during cardio. Well, when your body goes into fat burning mode or fat storing mode, it doesn't have anything to do with how much exercise. You can go four hours and exercise all day. But if you're eating shit before and after your workout, you're still going to gain fat. We see this all the time in the gym. How many fat people do you see every day in the gym? Every day they're on the cardio machine. You and know, they, don't, they don't lose when fat. When you get on that cardio, when you get on that cardio machine, me personally, and, and just you're out there listening to this, I'm good getting on the cardio machine, even though I hate cardio machines, but I'll do them depending winter or whatever. Get on the cardio machine in the morning, fasted state where I'm like, I could feel that energy lacking a little bit. And I've got to kind of pull it out of me to get that energy up. Like I can put up with that and I feel like that's burning fat. I never liked, never really enjoyed it. And it wasn't until I really completely cut it out that I realized how much I disliked doing cardio when my heart's fucking raising from stimulants already. Yeah, big mistake. Big yeah, mistake. when I'm, I, was, I used to take the ECA stack, you know, it was, yeah. it was, it was ephedrine, caffeine, your Hemby, and sometimes throw aspirin or your Hemby, your ECA, ECY, and then go, you know, go run and do, oh man. Yeah. So I hated, hated that feeling. I used to just do it because the result, I mean, the results looked completely unhealthy, but I could just see the fat coming off. Look, now you can, you can get really good fast results. It hurts a little bit, but it hurts different. Fasting, AM cardio, it hurts, but it hurts different. It hurts different than taking these fucking stimulants. And then trying to trying to get some cardio out and, and you don't know if you're having a fucking panic attack or, or if you're really getting a good cardio session and it's just terrible. For Steve Smee and Rick, this has been another episode of Evolutionary Radio. We appreciate you guys listening. We'll have another episode up very soon. Have a good one. Have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, guys. Guys, this is the requirement we are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice. Always check with your doctor before taking any drugs or starting any training program.